Welcome to Business Beyond Borders, the go-to podcast for CPA firms seeking transformative insights. I'm your host, Lawrence Whittam, and with each episode, we'll uncover key insights, best practices, and invaluable resources tailored for CPAs. From trending strategies to diving deep into outsourcing and offshoring, our experts will help in all areas of your business. Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lawrence Whitton from Impact Global Solutions. Thanks for joining me today. Um, I actually have Andrew Ferrigno and the area uh, that we're going to talk about today is a little bit about what he's doing. And the idea of this series is to um, share with firms some additional resources who they can use to look into areas of their business to help impact it and make it more successful. So Andrew, thanks for joining me. Thanks Lawrence for taking time to help me. Yeah, no, definitely. And I would love to, do you want to start off, just give it, give a quick intro about yourself, brief introduction, who you are, what you're doing now as well. I know that you've recently come into this area, right, as a consultant. So we'd love to sort of know what you've been doing, a bit of your history so that everybody knows who you are. Sure, Lawrence, thanks. Yes, I'm, uh, I've been an uh, operations executive for almost 25 years, um, mostly in, in legal, uh, more recently with CPA firms, helping them advise on their operations and, and business uh, challenges and to make sure that they're being successful in all the areas that cover operations. Um, I've been able to see you know, finance, HR, uh, you know, a lot of the internal processes, outsourcing uh, as well. Um, and I've been able to help firms um, advise them and put processes and solutions together for firms to be successful in all these major areas. Cool. Now, and and can you tell me what you're doing, what you're doing now? Like, do you have certain certain areas you're focusing on with firms? Because you've you're now working on this sort of somewhat single-handedly, right, from that perspective, coming in as more of a consultant for firms to help with specific areas. So can you sort of break down, like, are there, are there core responsibilities you're focusing on? Or? Yes, uh, certainly. Um, there's four specific core areas that I'm focused on. Um, the first one is performance optimization and talent enhancement. Uh, the second is technology, strategy, and alignment. The third is executive performance alignment. And the last one is strategic partnerships and operational support. So these are, to me, these are critical areas of operations in any business, small or large, that should, you know, demand attention by the executive team to ensure that things are happening. Um, you know, normally these types of things are handled by chief operating officers or vice presidents or head of operations. Um, and, you know, it's important that the attention and the budget put to these items to make sure that you're developing a consistent and repeatable product for your clients, uh, ensuring no mistakes or as little mistakes as, as possible. Um, so that's currently what I'm doing for the C-suite and Whitman transition clients. And now you are focused, and, and remind me, are you focused solely on CPA firms? Are you focused on businesses? And if so, like what size firms or businesses are you typically working with? Typically, right now, we're focused on CPA firms. 
Um, and and the ones we're focused on right now are really anything up to 20 million. Um, and, you know, that covers a, a, a real large swath of firms at this point. Um, and but these can also be applied. You know, these are best practices in any business, CPA, any professional services, you know, even, um, you know, family office or really any businesses. These are just best practices that, you know, some people just don't remember to do, or they're just not, um, you know, they're, they're not, you know, educated on what they need to do to run operations from a, from a business standpoint. Um, you know, a lot of professional service firms, you know, are, are driven by, you know, partners um, and principals uh, who own the firm, but they're not necessarily trained on the right way to do, you know, operations and how to handle operations. It's a much different sometimes skill set, the amount of detail and attention that's needed to make sure that these things are successful to support the rest of the firm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the kind of area where I come in and I can help, you know, navigate those things and put some programs and some some things in place to make sure that they're doing as as designed. And typically, they're billable, right? <laughs> so they're, they're also have a priority of working sort of in the business rather than on the business, right? And that's, and again, picking up who does what is a, is a common area, right? It's difficult for a lot of firms until they reach a certain size to actually separate the partners into working on the business rather than in it, right? So um, now, can you, so you went over sort of four core areas. So let's sort of start number one. Right. So, so like, can you explain a bit more as to like the performance optimization and the talent enhancement? Like, what does what does that really entail when it comes to a firm? Like, what what do you mean by that? So, performance optimization really is understanding and documenting your processes to understand where the skills. Uh, there's a skill, either a skills gap or a technology gap or, uh, you know, a training gap, or maybe you just don't have the right amount of resources or too many resources in one particular area and not enough in another. Um, so if you follow a process from start to finish and understand all the different pieces and see where you can affect change in those areas to improve, you know, that that's really, you know, what that means um, and understanding what has to happen there to then make that process successful. The talent enhancement really falls directly under, you know, the the HR and learning development umbrella. Um, you know, a lot of firms don't invest uh, in learning and development and training their staff from a skills standpoint. Um, and it's very important to understand where the skill gaps are so that you can then apply the correct training to those particular areas to make sure that then it's being successful. There's been so much change in uh, in, in technology and business and processes, you know, in the past few years that sometimes it's very difficult to keep up. Um, and, you know, but you, identifying it is really the first step. And then what you need to do to apply to, to adjust to close the gap is, is something different. Um, and that's that's going to be a business decision. And in some cases, you may take some of these processes and either stop doing them because they're just they're inefficient. They don't make sense or create a new process, which then needs additional technology or training maybe to, to take up, you know, some of that gap. So. So you so you touched on a few areas of where you where you can possibly sort of step in and help there as well. But can you is there like one one specific or one top problem that firms are facing when it comes to these areas that where and then also like how can how can you specifically help them to overcome that problem? 
Yeah. So to me, you know, HR is a very underfunded particular area. Um, it's 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 always been underfunded. Um, to me, I think you need the right, you know, balance of of HR staff and and also mean you know generalists. You, you need you know good people doing talent acquisition. You need good people doing retention. You need really good people understanding what the gaps are and the skills are, and understanding client needs to make sure that you're hiring and getting the right people to do those particular tasks. So, you know, to me, HR is a, is a key focus area that you know sometimes goes unnoticed. Um, but you really need to have a strategy for HR, and those are some of the things that I've helped firms do and, and restructure HR as, as needed or bring in additional providers. Um, you know, sometimes it's just even around benefits. Um, if you don't have a good benefits, uh, you know, compensation person, um, you know, typically that's also an area, especially now in this, you know, in this job market, you really need to have a performance, you know, um, you know, benefits that align with the rest of the industry um, to to actually get the right talent. Um, so to me, that's just another example of an area that is also under-resourced. Cool. Now, and I, and I think the second bit was around, more around like technology strategy and like how you align that within the firm. So when it comes, can you give me, a, again, a bit more detail into that specific core area as to what it is initially? Sure. So, you know, a lot, almost every firm uses some type of technology at this point for almost everything. Um, and, you know, it's not always that, you know, you can't just throw a tool at it. Um, I hear all the time that everyone says, oh, just buy this application or throw this at it. Oh, that, this will fix that problem. It, it's not always a technology solution that fixes things. Sometimes it makes things worse. Um, if you, you need to understand what you're trying to address and then apply the technology to it, um, otherwise you're going to have complications later on down the line and it's not going to be, you know, successful. Um, you know, so that's one key area. The other thing for technology specifically is that it changes all the time. Uh, you know, constantly vendors are sending updates and patches. Um, and there's a gap between a lot of the programs that are used out there that sometimes are not identified, um, you know, at, at the start of using this particular vendor or particular software. But as you grow and expand and, and scale the software to do different things, you may run into challenges later on. So some of those things you know, should be identified early on. And really, you know, your technology should be, you know, on a at least a five-year roadmap. You know, where do you want to be? How far do you want to be? Um, because the vendors are going to, in five years, they're going to change the software, whether you, you know, agree to that or not. So I think it's an important thing to identify early on when you're selecting technology. That's actually the right thing, and it makes sense for you from a long term, and it's not just a band aid. And now, is that so? You you essentially are also helping them with that alignment of the company goals, like the company roadmap, to make sure that fills in. I mean, what about obviously? When it comes to technology, this cybersecurity is, again, a big concern. And where does that come in as to using certain types of software over other software? Do you help with that aspect of, as well? Or? Yes, I, I could advise on, on cybersecurity policy and, you know, for the firm and, you know, Put some uh, you know programs together to one train train the staff. You know that's to me that's a key thing. Most of the most of the uh, you know targeted attacks come in through 
your 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 people. Um, so you know, having regular trainings, having you know education, and you know, and so the second part of that is making sure you have a outside provider to make sure that they're doing testing. Um, and making sure that you know your your staff is passing those, and also that your technology is passing all of these security assessments. Um, you know, it's very important, obviously, from a litigation and a risk standpoint. You know that all of your applications and all of your training align with your cybersecurity insurance policy, which probably also requires a lot of these things. Um, but your clients are also demanding. You know, a lot of clients that we work with, you know, they handle, you know, very high level, high net worth people. Um, and the information that gets handled within CBA firms, you know, is is critically important that it doesn't leak out into the wrong hands. Um, yep. And, you know, everyone knows what happens to, the, to that. Um, but we want to make sure that all of that is secure. Um, and, you know, again, some firms, you know, do a good job at it, but really getting, you know, connecting with an outside advisory company who does, you know, this type of thing. You also should have somebody who also does mitigation and, and risk, you know, assessment if you do actually, you know, come across a breach. Um, it's good to have that person or that company in your back pocket to make sure that, you know, they're around and they can help, you know, when needed. Yeah, you're not you're not running around from them when the problem actually comes up. It's uh, you've got you've got the one speed dial essentially. So, and hopefully yes. you never have to press press that button, but sometimes you do. Unfortunately. Yes, so. and it's becoming more. There's more litigation coming down now too about reporting these types of yeah. events. Um, you know, and it, it used to only really cover like financial institutions, but now it's really it, you know it's a state by state, and there's some federal guidelines out there now that you have to report all this to your shareholders and your clients, and so there's a very detailed and, and you know, regulatory process that people need to use to to get this information out there when you do have a breach. So it's important to have someone advise and guide you through that. Um, in addition to that, usually there's some PR, you know, there's some public relations component in there too that people, you know, that companies would need to utilize as well that can be helpful in these types of situations. And now, uh, I think uh, one of the other core areas that you mentioned is sort of around um, executive performance alignment, right? So, so when we talk about that, are you talking about more on the metric side of things? Are you talking about more on the people side of things? Like, how does that? What does that look like? I think it's a combination of both. I, I think that you know, I, as a business, your executive committee or your management committee should come up with whatever those those metrics are for you to manage your business, whatever business that is. Um, you know, I think it's different for everyone. Um, but, you know, I know there's certain, you know, industries that look at specific metrics and those metrics should be adopted and communicated and publicized within the company. Say, these are the things that we're tracking. These are the things that we're measuring. And the executive board's decision is to, his role is to look at those things. Uh, you know, on a monthly or quarterly basis, whatever is determined to make sure that everyone within the company is meeting those goals, um, you know, and if they're not, you know, what do they need to do to get there? Uh, you know, and I think it's the operations, you know, staff um, and the people that are in the operations to understand those things. So they know what they're being measured on so that then they could follow through and make sure that they're meeting those expectations or exceeding them in certain in certain areas. So are there, are there certain metrics that you would ad advise from like to the executives that they should prioritize um, that would be definitely like most impactful for them immediately to see some sort of immediate, immediate somewhat immediate um, traction from that perspective? 
Yeah, there are certain KPIs that you know certainly the executive board should should be looking at from a, you know from a business standpoint. Um, but like I said, you know every you know business is, is is a little different and depends on you know where they're at in terms of maturity. Um, you know, business has been around a long time. You know, that's kind of running you know, steady state, you know, you're going to want to have different metrics than a company that's only been in business or maybe a business unit that's only been in, you know, in production for maybe two years or so. You want to have maybe different metrics. Um, and in some cases, you want to revise those metrics to have stretch goals to, in order to get to the next level. Um, so if the business unit is at 10%, the next year you want it to be at 12%, then there's things that need to be put into place to kind of, you know, to get to that level. Um, but yes, those are some types of things that I could help advise on. Okay. And then the, the final area, the, the one of the core areas you mentioned was around sort of strategic partnerships and operational support, right? So, so when it comes to that, my assumption is you're not you're not on the account. You're not helping from the operational support perspective from going in and helping with taxes or anything like that. Um, but also like the strategic partnerships angle, right? Where where are you fitting in? Where are you helping them? Um, and where are you helping the firms actually sort of like implement that area? Like are you providing them third parties, or is it more you're advising as to these are core areas they should be connecting up with? Like what does that look like? It's more on the latter. It's really, you know, it's merely ensuring that, you know, you're making the right decision and you're partnering with the right organization. Um, there's met, there's too many choices at this point. Um, and it's it's very difficult to understand, you know, if you're making the right decision or not without having a lot of work done up front to prepare for the decision to move with this provider forward. Um, you know, I think the big thing is to understanding what you're doing today. Can this potential, um, you know, strategic partner help you get to the next level? And do they align with your mission and your vision of your organization? I, I think with those, you know, things in place, you know, the, the answer will kind of come to it, you know, to to where you want it to be. And, and it would make sense. Um, but the work really should be done up front. And, you know, you're just, you know, putting out an RFP and Asking for responses on something that you're you're put you're posting out there for support on, um, you know, and this just you know, just covers you know operational areas, but it also covers a lot of other, you know, areas you know within within the business. Um, but you know, to me, there are important things that you know I've seen best practices of these things implemented, and the results are much more predictable. Um, and the ongoing communication and the partnership with the partner with the strategic partner organization is much improved. And and both organizations, the the the, the you know the, the firm and the strategic partner, they kind of rise together. You know as things get better, uh, you know as, as time goes on, um, and it becomes a much more valued partnership. Yeah, and I see that a lot in in my space, right? With the with the outsourcing, right? I mean, it, I really push for it's a strategic partnership. At the end of the day, right? It's not a a lot of them have dipped their toes in in different areas, but they haven't put the right investment of time in and and effort in as well. Like it, these these are people you're going to be working with, just like their employees of yours, typically, right? You need your your cultures to align. You need everybody to sort of be on the same page, so you have. A cohesive environment, right, for everything, right? I see it in mergers and acquisitions, right, when somebody acquires a firm, right? It's same thing, right? It's If the cultures don't align and there isn't, like, a clear goal and vision between it, 
it's going to be very difficult for the business to succeed as a whole. And that's where some of these acquisitions fall apart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so now, can you share maybe like a challenge you've seen an organization face when it comes to that, right? Um, as to they haven't been able to implement certain things correctly with an external partner. Like, can you, not maybe a specific example, but like what's the thing that, what was the problem that caused that? For it not Sure. To Sure. There's probably a few of them. To, to me, sometimes the top one is just this culture between the organizations just is not is not aligned, as you mentioned. Um, that could be a big one, um, especially if the you know the firm is new to outsourcing, and you know they're not understanding how to hand off work and how to transfer work, um, you know, to to the outsourcing um, provider in this particular example. That yeah. that's a big one. Um, to me, also, you know, doing regular performance reviews and feedback on the again, the outsourcing in this particular example, you know, on a monthly basis, you know, how much work is coming down. Is the work, you know, uh, you know, how's the quality of the work? Does it pass all those tests? Um, you know, is the information accurate? Uh, you know, in you know, volume standpoint, is everyone utilize, utilized? Is everyone busy? Um, you know, these are metrics that, again, you're in your line. And, and outsourcing, these are things that you really want to look at. Um, if you're outsourcing talent acquisition, for example, okay, how many requisitions did you put out for staff? How many how many positions were filled, you know, how many resumes did you look at, how many candidates were, you know, those types of metrics, you know, should be reviewed on a monthly, at least a monthly basis to understanding where, where the, the peaks and the valleys and the trends are um, and providing communicating, you know, continual communicating the feedback to make sure that you're meeting those, um, you know, those expectations and setting targets, you know, like I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the call, um, you know, this is a, this is great, right? Strategic partnership, but it can only be strategic if it's helping the the business. Um, if it's not helping the business, then you know it might be time to relook at the decision. Yeah, and it needs to be measurable, right? I mean, needs, there needs to be a target, like you said. There needs to be measurable metrics around it, right? Where you can now see, okay, yeah, I'm here. I want to get to here. Like, there's going to be something that's easy to measure, so that you can see if it's a success or not, right? And that comes to a lot of different areas in the business, right? Um, that again, a lot of people just do it rather than not necessarily putting in the framework around. Um, so, and also that comes to implementing the technology and implementing correctly. Right, because a lot of it has the functionality, but do we use it in the right way? Not, not as much, right? Because that comes to a lot of training. Right. So, um, no, that's great. I mean, so how uh, how do people reach you, Andrew? If they need your help, what's the best way to reach you? And sort of like, when's the best time for them to reach you? Right, in that yeah. sense as well. The the best way to reach me is through you know the Whitman Transition email a forigno at whitmantransition uh, dot com. Um, it should be a link in the post, and um, you know they my cell phone is I think listed in, in LinkedIn, but you can get me through LinkedIn. Um, I'm on you know pretty much any time. Um, I'm used to working uh, multiple time zones, so it's not too much of a stretch uh, for me. Perfect. Perfect. Now, and thanks everyone for joining. I hope you found it helpful and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks, Lawrence. Thank you for tuning in to Business Beyond Borders. I'm Lawrence Whittam, and it's been a pleasure bringing you impactful insights tailored for the modern CPA firm. Remember, the world of accounting is vast and ever-evolving, and we're here to navigate it together. For more resources and episodes, don't forget to subscribe and reach out to our experts. Until next time, keep pushing the boundaries of your business 
and explore the limitless possibilities beyond borders.